Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on In the Kitchen with Courtney and Carrie. I am Courtney Smith, one of the cooks for this call, and tonight Carrie will be sharing a simple summer salad recipe. Uh, we want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, thanks to Katie for streaming for us and Cassandra for hosting. And if you need to connect with us, you can send an email to acbcooks at gmail.com. Again, that email address is acbcooks at gmail.com. We are working on the subscription to the email list, so please bear with us. Hopefully, we will have that up and running by next week. So I am going to turn this over to Carrie, and she can get started. Good evening, Carrie. Well, good evening, Courtney. I hope everybody is having a wonderful evening. I hope wherever you are, you're in a nice, comfortable environment. I know down here in Texas, we are a little warm. So we are very blessed to have AC today. So because we're in this drought, because we're in this heat advisory, because we're in a ban burn, we have decided to make a very simple salad that's going to be a great dinner. It could be a great starter. It could just be something that you can throw together at the last minute. But the biggest thing is, is it requires very little oven or stovetop heat. So this recipe is a simple summer salad. A few weeks ago, I had the honor of going out to dinner with a friend. And we had this salad as a starter. And I was so impressed with it. And the chef came out and he under, him and I talked about this little cooking show and you know, he was impressed with the whole, you know, just going out there and just doing it, that he took me in the back and he showed me how to make the salad. Now, I'm going to be honest and say I had to modify a few things because of the situation of the environment I'm in with the no burn and the no band and the no electricity thing. So the recipe is pretty simple. It's candied almonds. You are also going to have goat cheese. You're gonna have sliced peaches. You're gonna have an arugula. And then you're gonna to top everything off with the champagne vinaigrette. Now this sounds very hoity-toity and I am not a hoity-toity person, but this salad is actually very impressive when you serve it. So tonight, because I am going to fix dinner for myself and a friend, we are gonna make this as a starter and so the recipe that I sent to Courtney originally was basically for a four servings of a starter. If you were going to make this as a main dinner, as your main entree, I would probably double, depending on your eaters, maybe triple the salad. But that's all dependent on your family. You know how your family eats. Shoot, you may have kids that may not even like salad yet, so who knows? So we're gonna start off with the simple canning of the almonds. Now we've done this before with the recipe and it's really simple. You take one fourth cup of sugar and put it in a dry, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a dry throat, in a dry skillet. A dry skillet only means you do not touch it with any fat, no oils, nothing. And once you put that sugar in, you're gonna put in one cup of almonds. 
Now, that's a lot of almonds for two salads. But what I do is I make a bunch of it and then I put it in a Ziploc baggie or an airtight container. That way, the next time I have the salad, it's really simple to um, just, you know, grab those instead of firing up the oven or the stove. So the stove is on a medium heat right now. I have the dry can on there. I've already measured out my one fourth cup of sugar. So that's going in there now. And I usually go for the middle of the skillet um, because if I go for the edge, I'm gonna have sugar on my flat top and boy, Joanne will have to come out and be a fireman that night. And that's not gonna be a good night. Now I'm going to go ahead and add the one cup of sliced almonds, placing that also in the center of the skillet. So this skillet is a non-stick skillet. So because it's non-stick, I prefer to use a wooden spoon or a wooden spatula so I don't scratch the surface of it. But if you are more comfortable using a metal spatula, you know, because I understand that for some people, it's, it gives a better sense, it gives a better contact feel, then, you know, you do what you want, you know, you do what you need. There's no rules in cooking, let's say that you have to do everything the same way everybody else does it. So we're gonna talk about ingredients as we go. The almonds I chose were sliced almonds. You can get almonds in a lot of ways. You can get them whole, which they're great to snack on. They're a great healthy food to eat. You can have them sliced like I did. And to me, that's better for salads. It's better for like when you make a granola mix or even if you're topping it off your ice cream with it. The other version of almonds are called <clears throat> slivers. Now, they are going to be tiny little rectangles. And they are, they're great to snack on also. In fact, all the almonds are great to snack on. But I would not use it to candy because they are so little, they will burn on you in an instant. I mean, it's just one of these things where even right now, I'm standing at the stove, I'm stirring, I'm moving the almonds around, I'm moving the sugar around because that sugar is going to melt. And hot sugar is very hot. It will blister you if you touch melted sugar. So, you know, have a long handled spoon or spatula, whatever you're comfortable with, because you just want to be careful with that hot, hot sugar. Now, when you are stirring this, you'll feel the grittiness of the, of the sugar, but as it melts, it's going to liquefy. And once it liquefies, whatever you are candying with that sugar, it's going to cook very quickly. So this is where your sense of smell really kicks in quickly because you're going to smell those almonds roasting. And I would say within 30 seconds of that smell of a good roast, they're going to go to a burn. So you really got to pay attention to your candy. But once you get it down, you're going to love this little idea because I keep these in the, like I said, in a container. And if I have a salad for lunch, I'll throw it on there. I get hungry during the day while I'm working on the computer, I'll grab some. You know, it's, it's just an easy, quick snack. And it's actually pretty healthy for you. 
Now, I've been asked if I can candy with artificial sugars. And I really have not had that much luck using the artificial sugars in the candying because it doesn't break down to the liquid. It doesn't liquefy as well as a natural sugar. Now, so just kind of keep that in mind. Now, if anybody out there has luck with candying the almonds or the nuts with an artificial sweetener, I definitely want to hear from you because it is something that, like I said, I have struggled with. And I just, I, you know, there are just some things that you just don't want to attempt anymore. And that's just one of those things where the challenge has been great, but I really don't want to go there anymore. <laughs> so we are almost finished with the roasting or candying of these almonds. And I could smell that. So I'm going to go ahead and turn my stove top off and pull this off the burner and kind of give it a good stir because if you keep stirring it, it'll keep the almonds from lumping up together. Now, I don't like to keep it in the skillet because it'll have a tendency to what they call glump. That's not a real technical term in cooking, I realize that, but it'll glump up on you and it's very hard to remove it from the pan. So as I give it a good couple of good stirs, I did have a plate next to me that I'm just going to go ahead and dump these almonds on to let them cool for the salad. Okay, so we're going to just dump those right on the plate. And that part is done. Skillet goes in the sink. I always put my handle towards me so that way when I reach into the sink I know exactly where it's at but I also know it's very hot and I want to keep everybody away from the or the sink until everything cools down okay oh those almonds smell great now something I did prior to all this around noon today I took two of my salad bowls now I have the medium-sized square bowls. I love square bowls. And I took a damp paper towel, very lightly damped. I mean, we're talking, you barely put some water on it. And I wiped the inside of that bowl. I stick those bowls in the refrigerator all day. So right before I got on this call, I pulled my bowls out. They're cold, they're chilled. And this is a technique that I learned from a restaurant down here in Dallas. And it keeps your salad crisp. It really um, helps just make the experience of eating that salad more palatable for a lot of people. It doesn't have a tendency, it doesn't allow your salad, your arugula, especially to wilt, which is nice. And it's a great way of presenting a salad because a lot of people in this kind of hot weather they touch a cool bowl and they're like oh that's kind of nice I'm like there you go so we have a cool bowl in front of me in front of me and let's see I would say it's about a four inch by four inch bowl so it's a pretty large starter salad but we we eat enough salad here we don't have to worry about it so I'm going to start with the arugula 
the arugula, the goat cheese, and the peaches. I will have to say, I went to the farmer's market. I love going to the farmer's market down here. The season is longer than it was when I lived in Kansas. But these are ingredients that you should find pretty available during this time of the season, during this time of the year, I apologize. Arugula down here grows most of the summer. Goat cheese, I will say, is not grown in the ground, but there are lots of farmers down here that make their own cheeses. If you can hook up with a good cheesemaker, become their best friend, and they will always help you out. Peaches, it is peach season down here in, in this area. There is a county right next to me called Parker County, and they are known for Parker peaches. You can order them online. You can drive out there. They are wonderful peaches. Now, because of the drought this year, the peaches are not huge because there's not a whole lot of extra water, rainwater getting in there. So you might say, well, gee, Carrie, got all these peaches and they're small. They are smaller this year. But I will say small fruit or large fruit, it's still a good quality peach. Now, my friends in Georgia will challenge me every time and say, Georgia peaches are the best. I'm going to say I'm going to step back from that competition because you're right. Georgia peaches are good. They are excellent. I still love my Parker peaches because I can get them just 30 miles down the road. So it doesn't matter where you get your peaches, but just kind of be mindful what region you're buying them in this year, because if they're drought, they're going to be smaller. If you've had a lot of rain, then maybe overly sized, because there are parts of the country that are just getting a lot of rain. So since I bought the arugula at the farmer's market, <clears throat> I picked that up on Saturday, yesterday. So when I brought it home, I put it in a salad spinner where you add two cups of water, you let it drain through, and then it has the top that you spin. And as you spin it, it's a salad spinner, and it'll clean your arugula, but it will also get rid of that extra moisture. And then from there, I just wrap it up in a paper towel and have it ready for tonight's call. Now, some of you may not be familiar with arugula. It is a lettuce. It's a type of lettuce. It's a deeper green color, but it has a little bit of a peppery kick to it. If you are not sure of this, then buy arugula, but buy something that you like, like a romaine or a spinach or maybe an iceberg and mix it together. Because I will tell you the first time you eat arugula and you're not used to it, it seems a little overpowering and you really don't wanna blow your palate out on something and then say, oh, I don't like arugula, you know? So just kind of keep that in mind. So Sandra, or Cassandra, I'm sorry, golly girl, I'm, I apologize for that slip. Um, are there any hands? Not at this point, no. Perfect. So, since I have the bowl, I only I only pulled one bowl out because my my dinner date will be here about an hour. So I'll do his when he gets here. So I will go ahead and prepare mine. So mine is right in front of me. I apologize. Okay. So 
the arugula is right here next to me. Like I said, it's wrapped up in a paper towel. All I'm doing is I'm gonna grab about a handful. And I say a handful equals about one cup. That is a perfect starter size dinner or for your dinner. If you want to go a little bit more, you know, you, you know, again, do what you want, you know, play with this, you know, have some fun. Now, I, I do feel in here, this is kind of chuckly, I think my friend added some spinach in there too. So I think he was giving me the hint that we're gonna have some spinach with this. So that's great. So the salad's at the bottom. Now the bowl is not overly cold where your salad is gonna stick to it, but it's gonna be cool enough where it's gonna keep it nice and crisp, okay? So arugula is in. The next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add the goat cheese. Now, when I buy goat cheese, it usually comes in a four ounce tube. And the gentleman who I found at the farmer's market will only make it in four ounces because it is not a cheese that you just take a huge bite of and enjoy. Goat cheese has tangy, has almost like a, you almost feel like there's a little bit of a lemon or something coming back off your back of your tongue. So it's something that you want, you it, it complements like arugula because it has a peppery taste, but it also is not something you want like a huge chunk of, almost like blue cheese. Blue cheese is wonderful cheese, but you just don't want a huge bite of it. So because I'm only making one right now, I'm gonna take the four ounce package out of its con container, which all he does is wrap it in saran wrap. So we'll get it out of there and we'll put it on the cutting board. Now, goat cheese has the consistency of a firmer cream cheese. So when you are touching it, you're gonna feel like you have it all over your fingers. That's fine, you're fine. So I just keep a tea towel next to me or on my apron at all times, wiping my hands constantly with it. So, what I have is I have a small little paring knife and I have the goat cheese in front of me. So I only want one ounce of this. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cut it in half, right down the middle. Now I have two halves, each half will be two ounces. And from there, I cut each half in a half again. And so that way I get a perfect one ounce from each slice. Perfect, so now I have four slices. Each slice should be around one ounce. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna crumble that up. And I'm sorry for the kitty cat in the background. He thinks he knows more than I do about all this and that's fine. So that's mittens by the way, y'all. So we're going to just kind of shred this goat cheese on top of your arugula salad. And I would keep this pieces pretty small um, until it's a, a cheese that you really enjoy a lot of. So keep those pieces small, okay, people? Yes, we, we, we all understand that, don't we? Okay, now you need to rewrap your goat cheese back into the saran wrap because it is not a cheese that you can just like put in your refrigerator. So we will deal with that after we finish cooking or making everything else. Okay. 
So this recipe, like I said, is for a four person salad. So it calls for two peaches. I actually only need one peach for the two salads because we only use basically a half a peach per serving. Now, again, these were bought at a farmer's market. So when I got home, I cleaned them really well um, just by running them under cold water and wiping them down with a paper towel. So the controversy of peaches, here we go. Do you eat with the skin on or skin off? I personally like skin on. And so I will be making my salad as a skin on. But if you do not like skin on your peaches, a very simple method is to take a saucepan, fill it with water, let it come to a boil. And once it boils, you can drop your peach in there for about two minutes, no more, no more than two minutes. You're gonna scoop it out and then you'll take a tea towel or a maybe a paper towel and rub the peach and the skin will start coming off. And it'll like peel off real easy. Now, if you're real handy with a potato peeler, you can also peel your peaches that way. But I like when I have to remove this, the fuzz, the peach, this peach skin, I like to do the boiling method personally. And again, if anybody else out there has another way of doing that, please do share. So the peach has two ends. There's the part where it hangs from the tree. And then the bottom has what they call a, it's actually called a nipple. And you'll feel a little point at the bottom. So that's how you know that you're at the bottom of the peach. So I take a paring knife and I start at the top of that peach and I just slice it all the way down to the nipple. And my knife will tell me how far to go because it'll fill the pit. And once you fill the pit, you know you've already hit center. And so what I do is I just go ahead and create my slices right here, right here on the peach. So what I'm doing is I'm just taking my knife and I'm going down from the top to the bottom feeling that pit and turning the peach as I go. Now, if you want thin slices, go for thin. If you want thicker slices, you know, that's up to you. That's, there is no, again, no rules. So I'm gonna tear the, the slices will come off very easily from the pit. So when you're all said and done, you will have a pit. Now, if you are a gardener, save those pits, plant them, and you can start your own peach trees and you, you too will have Parker peaches all the time. And they are fabulous. It will take a while for the tree to grow, but it's well, 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 well worth it. So I'm going to go ahead and just slice those peaches again by going the other direction, making them smaller, biteable pieces. And that, will add my peaches to the salad. Now, when I had this at the restaurant, they were grilled. But like I kind of explained to you guys, we're in a band burn, so we are not allowed to start grills. We are not allowed to burn anything outside. So this part of the recipe had to be modified. And if you can grill your peaches, all you're gonna do is take a little bit of butter a small amount of brown sugar 
and place those on the grill for about three to four minutes after you cut them in half and remove the pit. And once you do that, you, for those of you who have low vision or some vision, you'll see really dark grill marks. And I will say it enhances the salad a hundred times better. It's very, very delicious that way. And I'm very broken hearted tonight that I cannot grill my peaches. So, all right, Cassandra, do we have any questions while I finish slicing up these peaches? Uh, nope. Okay, perfect. They're all at Terry, could I offer a suggestion? Um, since you are not able to fire up your grill, yes. what about using a grill pan indoors? If you have one of those, would that work okay? I think that would be a great idea. I, I will tell you, I mean, I was thinking of that and I couldn't, I know I lost mine um, during the move, but if you have one of those, definitely use it. All right, I got one on Amazon during Prime Day for less than 20 bucks, so I might have to put it to use. <laughs> Girl, you you don't find deals all the time. You need to start another show saying how to find deals on Prime. Nah, I don't do that well. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So the biggest thing for me right now during the season is go to the farmers market, find out what's being harvested right now. What's in what's in abundance? You know, right now, like I said, peaches, strawberries. We just ended blueberry season, but I will tell you, you can find all kinds of like onions and leeks and carrots and everything are just now starting to come around. And in fact, <laughs> we got a watermelon the other day and it was so delicious. It lasted a day at the house, but that's okay. That's what it's there for. Okay. So everything is in the salad bowl. And it's a nice bowl. Now, this is the part that I really wish I could have spent more time with this chef. He makes a homemade champagne vinaigrette. This is the part that sounds pretty, pretty uppity to me. But I could not, um, I could not, how do you put this? I was unable to meet his quality of standard. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so he suggested that I just buy the champagne vinaigrette from the store, but his only tip there is to, even though the bottle is not open, to put it in the refrigerator and get it cold. So it's been in the refrigerator, it's cold. Um, it comes in a normal, like salad dressing type shaped bottle. So you do have to take the wrapper off the top. And once you do that, you just unscrew the lid and you're just gonna sprinkle your salad. This is a very good vinaigrette. Um, oh, I did forget a step and I apologize. When that lid is on, give it a good shake because uh, the vinaigrette will separate in the bottle. So just give it a few good tosses and then just sprinkle it over your salad. And a little bit goes a long ways. If you've never had champagne vinaigrette like I, you will find a new love for it. And it is very low in calories, low in sugars. And it's, it's kind of like a little special thing, I guess, for me now. 
So there you go, folks. A very simple summer salad. Doesn't take any time at all to throw together. I'm going to grab my almonds that I candy, sprinkle them over the top. And the starter is done. And now we have a hand raised. Linda, you may unmute. Hi there, this sounds really good. Do you know if the champagne vinaigrette dressing is soy free? I That is a very good question. That I don't know. I did not run it through my Echo device to see if it was, you know, in the nutrition, if it was soy free. But I, but the one I made in the restaurant with the uh, gentleman, it did not have any soy that I knew of unless the vinaigrette that he used had it. That's the only thing I can tell you right now on that one. What kind of oil did, did, does it have in it? Is it he olive has, oil or? He actually used an avocado oil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. one little echo stuff. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, he used an avocado oil, but he told me I could use a walnut oil or an olive oil, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Okay, so it's probably fairly, fairly okay to use. It's, it's really hard sometimes to find whether they really have soy in it or not. And they cover that up with other things, like they just say vegetable oil, and you can bet vegetable oil, one of the ingredients is soy oil. Yeah. All right, no, thank you. That, that's a great question. I mean, that may be one of those topics that I may have to go off on my own and try to figure out on these vinaigrettes that I've been using, you know, how they hide the soy or, you know, what ingredients are, are in there, you know? Uh, I'm allergic to soy. And so I, I mean, I'm, and now I'm back to where I can actually have some a little bit. It doesn't make me sick, mm -hmm. but I had a terrible reaction to it. And um, so, you know, I have to check everything and boy, it isn't so many things. Wow. So, well, bless your I, heart, girl. Hang in there. <laughs> it's all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Corey, you may unmute. Hello. I just wanted to say that um, whether or not there's a soy content will depend on the brand as well as the variety. So you want to make sure that you check the one you're actually using um, specifically, um, which you should be able to find out on, by looking the one you're using online, up online because they are getting better because of allergies about making the information available somewhere as to whether or not a particular um, brand is soy-free, gluten-free, dairy-free, etc. Oh, that's good. That's good information, Tori. Thank you so much. No problem. Can I just comment again? This is Linda. Yes. Um, sometimes I ask my A person what are the ingredients in, for example, Paul Newman's raspberry vinaigrette, one of my faves. Right. Uh, and sometimes I can get the list of ingredients that way. And so, yes, I mean, whatever source you can find, sometimes you can find the things you're looking for on, um, what is the name of that website? Um, directionsforme.org. Uh, you can put in your brand name and what it is and, Oftentimes you can find it there and it will have the ingredients. 
So those are a couple of, of things that I do to, to you know, to and figure it out. And some of the brands, the, the bigger brands, especially, some of them actually have the information on their own websites. Yes, they do. And sometimes they're good about that. Sometimes they're not. So, I, you know, when I'm ordering groceries, the first thing I do when I'm ordering something new is go find the ingredients list. And uh, I have had it happen where I have come home with a product and put it through my scanner and found the ingredients list that was online was not what came up in my scanner. So yeah, and, and it's I just think one of the things, just, have to be careful. Yes, yeah, so that, that's a daily struggle, I think, for all of us, whether you're sighted or not, you know. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you pick up an ingredient, you think this is safe, this is going to be great. And then next thing you know, you're, you're grabbing the EpiPen out of the freezer or the refrigerator going, guess there was something in there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Part yeah. of that is that companies have a habit of changing their ingredients from time to time. It's really annoying. It is. But, you know, but, you know I, I will say, I think we've come miles from um, at least like 10 years ago. My mother's diabetic and we struggled finding a lot of stuff that was truly sugar free. And now I feel like, you know, the, the ingredients list are getting better. The manufacturers are more upfront. So it's going to be a work in process. And I think, you know, each time we find something like what Linda ran across, just let the companies know in a nice way, hey, I tried your ingredients and, or your, your listing. And I think one of them has soy in it or something. Most manufacturers will respond in a very positive way back to you, you know, because they too want to be very cautious of what's going on what they're with their, you know, product. Okay, Cassandra, do we have any other hands? Not at this time, no, ma'am. Okay, great. Now, Courtney, I, I don't know if you're unmuted or not. I haven't really gone through my phone here real quick. Um, uh, I'm here. So what are you thinking about for next week? Well, uh, during the last call, we had a request for a plant-based um, recipe. And I'm going to do roasted vegetable burritos. So... That can be turned into a burrito bowl if you want to, or if you, you know, are not really into the plant-based, but you, you know, want to try it. So yeah, we're going to do roasted vegetable burritos next week. and They're yummy. So um, some of the ingredients you'll need, and I'll send out the ingredient list later this week. Um, like what I put in mine is onions, mushrooms, zucchini, squash, sweet potatoes, Sometimes I add broccoli and cauliflower and radishes. Just anything that, you know, you would want as far as the roasted vegetable can go in this. And it's a great recipe for leftovers. So if you want to cook up a bunch of vegetables, then, you know, and have leftovers, then you can turn them into burritos. So that's what we'll be having next week. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, so. Um, I have been planning ahead. I know that probably shocks Courtney right now. She's probably on the floor. So the I'm week close after, to it now. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm horrible because I'm like, I think of an idea, then I'm like, I had to go out to dinner and I get a new idea, then I'm all over the board and poor Courtney's back and forth going, Carrie, just make up your mind. Let's go. So on August 21st, I believe that's the next Sunday I'll be cooking. Yes, we are going to do a cake. It's a no-bake cake, and it's called a Kansas dirt cake. 
And for anybody on here who is cautious of their fat intake, sugar intake, calorie intake, put it all aside because we are going to go all fat out. And I don't do this very often, but I will say I have a very special day coming up during that week. And I only get this cake once a year. So I'm going to make it and I'm going to eat it. And I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> there you go. All righty. Cassandra, do we have any questions out there? We do not. All right. So, you know, as Courtney was just explaining, you know, somebody had made a request and we love them. So if you have something that you want us to try or, you know, come up with, you know, definitely send it to us or call us or reach out to us in any way you want to. Um, and, you know, we, this is what we love to do. We love to find recipes. We love to try new things. You guys introduce us to a lot of new ingredients and it's awesome. It, it's really complimentary. So with that, y'all, if there's no other questions, I'm going to cut this call short, make my second salad and start my dinner. And hopefully everybody will be here on time. All right. Thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing this simple summer salad recipe with us. It sounds delicious. And I've been adding ingredients as you've been <laughs> making it. So um, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Cassandra, again, thank you so much for hosting for us tonight. Katie, thank you so much for streaming. And for each of you, thank you so much for joining us and participating and asking questions. Because without you, we wouldn't have this call we appreciate you so much and we will close it out for the evening. Y'all have a great rest of your week and we will see you at the next community event. Y'all have a great evening.